Welcome to another edition of the Pro Farmer Midwest Crop Tour Podcast. I'm AgriTalk host Chip Flory. Got Pro Farmer editor Brian Grady with me again. Brian, good afternoon. Ah, wow. A lot of yeah. stuff today, Chip. It was. It was. No doubt about it. Pro, Pro Farmer Senior through a fire hose. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> when you said that on this morning show that we were going to be drinking through a fire hose... From USDA today, I thought, oh, man, that is exactly right. And that's what it's been like all day. Pro Farmer Senior Market Analyst Jeff Wilson, how are you, bud? Uh, as good as can be expected this afternoon. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, just general general impression, because we've got the first crop production report of the year now. Um, I'm going to blend some things into this first question for you. Okay, guys? 57% good to excellent as of Sunday is what the corn is rated. Uh, showed just a little bit of slippage, if, I, if I'm if i not mistaken. Is that right? Because we had, uh, uh, yeah, no, it's exactly the same as it was in the previous week. 47% good, 10% excellent. Yep. So 57% good to excellent, 30% fair, 10% poor, 3% very poor. About 40% of this corn crop, especially over in the Eastern Belt, was planted in June. That's does that equal a one sixty nine five? That's down about seven bushels from last year. That's only what four percent. Does it all make sense? Well, you know the the crop ratings. If you you know you, I guess the yield at one sixty nine five is down three three point seven percent. So almost four percent. Um, eh, crop condition ratings maybe maybe would argue a little bit lower. Um, you know, based on our um, August 1 crop ratings and stuff, so we're a week later now, um, we had it at 165 and a half, so yeah, it's four bushel. I mean, that's a pretty significant amount. Uh, I know there are some out there that uh, have a little bit higher, uh, you know, yield on it and stuff like that. I, I don't think we're going to know for a long time, though, because we've got all these drownout spots, and, and yeah. USDA can give us the acreage, and they can give us the prevent plant, and they can give us everything else, and they can give us their estimate on yield. But until combines roll through the fields, and I know that, that that's a long time, and it, it's going to be an arduous process and all the other stuff, and it's going to be debated a million times over. But we just don't know, and we're not going to know. Right, right. Um, Jeff, you, you heard what he just said. We're, we're, we're a week away from going out on crop tour. And Brian, who has led how many tours out east now? Oh, I think this is 12 that I've led, actually. Okay. And, and Jeff, you're on number two leading the west. And our guy is saying we're not going to know until combines roll what this, what this uh, corn yield is. I mean, does that make sense? Especially in the east. Yeah. <laughs> Especially in the east where they're furthest behind. Yeah, boy. The West, we thanks. Actually, see some 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 corn that's dented. <laughs> Keep bringing that up. I just I really appreciate the every freaking week. <laughs> well, you know. <laughs> so, 
So here it is. You know, I'm looking at some stuff on Twitter, and some of the guys are out there saying, "Well, why didn't you sell it when it was four forty, four fifty plus?" Uh, you know what? I hope it goes to three fifty, just to prove I'm even more right. Yeah, us reminding you of how bad it sucks over in the Eastern Belt. It's kind of the same vein, isn't it? It kind of is. You know. <laughs> It really is. I called that moronic on the show today. Yeah, I got I guess, the woe is me syndrome right now, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> well, let's take a look at some of those specifics, shall we? Um, and what what I want to specifically get into here is corn silking. You got Illinois at 93%. You know what? The five-year average is 99%. I'm going to take that going into a year like this. But when we've got Indiana at 79%, Go further east to uh, Ohio, where just 71% of the crop is soaking. Um, it, the, the, in both cases, in both Indiana and Ohio, that's a significant increase from the previous week. I mean, Ohio was at 53% and jumped up to 71 uh, Indiana was at 60%, jumped up to 79 I'd sure like to see that kind of a, a, a percentage gain again. Uh, this week so that when we get out there in the field we don't have to make the decision is is that field pollinated or not um i mean it's the third week of august we shouldn't have have to be making that kind of a decision on whether or not we're going to stop at that field because has it pollinated or not Mm -hmm. right and that's you know unfortunately there will be some of those fields this year And, and you know how we do it is um if if it hasn't pollinated we can't count it yeah, there's no sample to pull. Yeah, there's there's nothing out there that's that's viable sample, so we can't we move on to the next field, right? Uh, See, and that's just how the process works. And Brian, what what people don't want to accept that as an answer, and you know why they don't want to accept it as an answer is because they think it should be a zero. It may be a zero because it's coming out of harvested acres. But you can't take it out of yield by marking it as a zero and take it out of harvested acres. Right. You can't you, do it's it's one or the other. It's not both. Right. Yeah, you can't double dip. It's not socially acceptable to double dip. And and I <laughs> and I get why they want that. Because mm-hmm. it makes you know, on the surface it makes sense. Yeah. But it's kinda like taking today's acreage number from USDA and just adding the PP to it and saying, Well, the intentions right. were over 101 million acres. No. No. Because you can claim PP on corn acres and not have it ever have been intended for corn. Exactly. Exactly. Right up to last year's total. So it it's yeah. uh it 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 is uh it is a bit frustrating and trying to figure out how they all come together and Lance was uh Lance Honig the chief of the crops branch was on um was on the afternoon show on Monday. And uh you know he explained it he and you could you could hear it you, you know he's been he's been feeling the stress today and you could hear it in his voice and and good for him i'm glad he gives a crap you know it would bother me if he got on there and said well i think what people don't understand is you know, he doesn't do any of that he explains it and and you could hear that he's been that that he's felt the stress today and it's because he cares um yeah, and I'm well, my a, guess is I know those guys a fair amount. I, I don't know Lance personally, but I do yep. know Chris Hawthorne, and yep. uh, I knew I do know Jeff Lemons. They both come on crop tour every year, and they alternate east-west. Um, 
but they do care and you know they probably sat back in their chairs a little bit and and said oh my goodness look at the numbers that we have how yeah. are we you know how do we explain that because they'll be out on crop tour next week right they'll be right. up in front of the crowds next week on crop tour answering yeah. questions and i'm sure they had that oh crap moment yeah yeah oh no <laughs> knowing the guys like we do yes um it i <laughs> i mean and and the the simple fact that this year's more than ever more than ever this august yield estimate from nas was based on farmer response i mean if you're telling them that you that that you're going to be off 20 bushels from a year ago in illinois that's what they marked it down as and and if that's what they were told, somebody out there's got some pretty good corn. Yeah. Some people don't this year. That's obvious. But yeah. some of that's accounted for in PP acres. Some of that's accounted for in the harvested percentage, which is down about a, a half a point from what the normal would be. All that stuff comes into the equation. And, and you know, you, like you said earlier, you can't take it out of everything. Right. You got It's got to come out of, of one category. It can't come out yeah. of, of – two or three categories. Jeff, what do you make of this conversation so far? I just know that it's, we're going to see a lot of variable variability in the crops. It's going to be, you know, and, and it could be from one field to the next, or they could be right next to each other and they could have been planted two weeks apart and they could have huge differences in what they're going to yield. And, you know, the other thing we you didn't mention was they, they did take satellite pictures. Yep. And, you know, while the satellite pictures have come a long way, they still can't tell you what the plant population was. Right. They still can't tell you how many kernels are in each ear and how many of those kernels look viable, how many have tipped back. So, I, you know, our tour is going to give a little bit of the uh, boots-on-the-ground flavor to USDA's information. USDA will have their own boots-on-the-ground next month when they do their own right. uh, update. So. You know, we're a nice little bridge to the next next month's USDA report, and it's going to be a lot of very important information for the trade to digest and to further incorporate into everything that USDA gave us today. Right, right, yeah, and we 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 we're we're going to offer observations on acreage, but Brian, don't be looking to the crop tour for answers on acres, right? Correct. Um, you know, we do not do acres. We, that That is, you know, if it's a PP field, it doesn't get calculated. I mean, we, we don't stop. We, right. um, we're out there sampling viable fields, and the, the acreage takes care of itself in another way. Now, at the end of the week, on, on Friday at, at 1.30 Central Time, when Pro Farmer releases our crop estimates for corn and soybeans we do take into account acreage right but the the crop tour data that comes out monday through thursday there is no acreage component in that whatsoever no. No. that uh, i can't say it any more clear, clearly that uh, it just there is no acreage component right. in that sampling yeah we don't do anything to measure it other than drive down the road and watch and and make observations and those yeah. observations are part of what then goes into um our acreage estimate 
or our crop estimate at the end of the week. And along with that, we analyze FSA data and we analyze USDA's planted acreage and their harvested acreage and the harvested percentage and everything else, how we think the crop will finish, how what the, we think the weather will be, blah, 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 you name it, everything else that, that goes into it. Um, but the crop tour, it, that's pure hard data coming out of the field. Yeah. All it is is measurements and calculations. That's that's, that's right. That's what it is. Yep. Yeah. Yep. The perspective is added at the end of the week after the crop tour is over because when you get the Iowa crop tour numbers and the Minnesota crop tour numbers on Thursday evening, crop tour is over. Yeah. It's done. And, and they also get it at those evening meetings as mm-hmm. we make our stops. You know, we have four, four nights of meetings, uh, three on each side, and then the fa- uh, finale up in Rochester. And – those that perspective and the observations and all that comes out in the scout reports and it comes yep. out as we're talking about it in front of those uh, you know thousands of, of farmers that are at those meetings um, you know that's one of the benefits of attending those meetings yep that's right that's right very good very good okay just some other basic numbers here real quick from the this afternoon's crop progress report crop condition report we went over the soaking numbers in the crop condition. We've got the amount of the corn crop in the dough stage now. It's at 39% as of August 11. That compares to the five-year average of 61%. Corn dented, 7% compared to the five-year average of 16%. Leading the way there looks to be, yep, surprise, surprise, Texas at 74% of the crop is denting compared to a five-year average of 66%. Obviously, the the states furthest behind are the states that we've been talking about all year. Illinois is at one percent dented, five year average is twenty four percent. So uh, there's a long ways to go in a lot of uh, a, a lot of the uh, corn crop. Now on to soybeans. Percent blooming eighty two percent, five year average is ninety three percent. Percent setting pods fifty four percent, and the five year average is seventy six percent. Jeff, did you notice any trends in the? The progress report for soybeans. Well, I mean, it's it's starting to slowly catch up, uh, but we're we're still behind. Yeah, <laughs> you know, terrible. setting pods, setting pods on fifty four percent compared to seventy six percent on average is not a good story. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, it's it's the same states that are behind in, in on corn, but I mean, even even Iowa. At 56% compared to 81% was a little bit of a surprise. I mean, it's up over 33 uh, percentage points from a, or I'm sorry, 23 po- points from a week ago, but it's still, it's pretty far behind. It's, sure. Uh, it, you know, I, I, uh, I'm going to be very interested to see, you know, how many pods, how many nodes, what, what we, what we actually count out there and, uh, what that plant health looks like, what the soil conditions are. I mean, some of these rains that came through the last 24 hours uh, were probably pretty helpful for some of these bean plants to probably maybe even bloom another time and maybe make some more pods. So yeah. we'll get a good indication about that. But, you know, any more rain after this probably isn't going to get us too many more blooms or too many more pods. So I would think that what we see next week is going to be close to what it might end up being. And then it's just a matter of, how big those beans get, and that can change dramatically from the time we go out there until the combines roll. 
Yeah. Uh, Brian, I was talking with Nick Ehlers, the scout that has been coming along out on the western leg of the tour for the past few years, uh, about counting the pods this year. And, you know, it's it's the last couple of years, it has been uh, it, it's been a fairly straightforward approach, easy to tell which pods you should be counting and which pods you shouldn't be counting. Uh, what exactly do we count? when we're out there on the road that's a good question uh one that we get a lot of times and uh everything that's a quarter inch or greater in size um so as i look at these numbers here i'm looking for an absolute miracle over the next uh six or seven days me too uh so that we have some pods to count in some of these areas of the eastern corn belt because uh you know 34 percent in indiana 35 percent in ohio Mm, that I mean, we're we're talking about uh, you know three quarters of those fields that you know two thirds to three quarters whatever of, of those fields that uh, um, aren't even setting pods at this point in time. So you know, I need a miracle over the next week. But uh, you know, if we do go into a field and uh, it's flowering, mm-hmm. we mark that even if it hasn't set pods at this point in time. So that right. it would be a zero on the pod count. It would just be fully flowered. Right. Um, you know. So it's a little bit different from corn. Um, You know, we don't calculate a yield either on soybeans. Keep that in mind. We just do the pod counts. Pod counts are going to be down. There's there's absolutely no doubt in my mind. I don't know how much they're going to be down, obviously, but they're going to be down pretty significantly. We had heavy pod counts across the corn belt last year. Um, Just the setting pods numbers alone tell us that they're going to be down significantly from where they were last year. Right, right. Yeah, and and this is uh, this is one time where it the, the end of the growing season really matters. Re- <laughs> it really matters for this uh, bean crop. It matters for the corn crop. I'm not downplaying that, uh, but it really matters for this bean crop. And I've relayed the story about what happened to us in 1996 uh, with a crop that was very late in development, and uh, it if, at the time it. We didn't get a frost until Thanksgiving, and it came on, and it it was close to a normal yield at that time. Um, I'm not saying that this bean crop can can rise up and hit trend line or anything like that, but good grief. Uh, farmers are indicating that it's a pretty good crop out there, 48.5 bushels per acre. That was the results of the farmer survey that we got from NAS. It was 48.5, right, guys? Yes, Okay. And that was unchanged from where the, the World Board had it yeah. projected last month. Uh, absolutely no change. I mean, uh, the exact same number. So, uh, you know, I think with the lateness of the crop, you know, the you know the, the saying is that August weather makes or breaks. Well, it's going to be very late August into September weather that, that probably makes or breaks this year's soybean crop. And, right. and so everything's pushed back a month. It's, it's hard enough doing the job that we try to do anyway on crop tour. Well, I guess on crop tour, we just count the pods, so that isn't. But yeah. the the pro farmer estimates coming out of crop tour are extremely yeah. difficult in the third week of August. They're going to be even more so this year because of, of the lateness of the crop and, and all the more uncertainties that are out there. Yeah, yeah. yeah I think, um, you know, we're always experimenting with different models on, on what the uh, – uh, what our pod counts might indicate for a yield potential on on this crop. Um, some of the models that that we employ right now, 
If the pod counts are as low as what I'm afraid they might be, Brian, it, it might indicate a damn low bean yield. And, and uh, it, it's just going to take a lot of perspective. Boy, we're going to lean hard on the producers that are out there on tour this year, aren't we? Well, we have to. I mean, and, and uh, it's very similar to USDA leaning hard yep. on the producers that answered surveys for the August report here. Um, yeah, that's you know that's part of what they're they're doing for us out there. Is they're they're adding the perspective. They're giving us their thoughts. They're you know those types of things, uh, helping us analyze as we go across the corn belt. All right. Well, we're getting awfully close close to rolling uh, next week. When we do the Pro Farmer Midwest Crop Tour podcast, we will be doing it from the road. We'll have day one results from Ohio and South Dakota on Tuesday of next week. We'll be giving you results from Nebraska and from Indiana Wednesday next week. We'll have the western three crop districts, crop districts one, four, and seven out of Iowa for you, and the Illinois results. And then on Thursday, we'll wrap things up in Rochester, Minnesota, and we'll have the results for you from Iowa and from Minnesota on uh, on Thursday. And then, of course, after everything is said and done from Crop Tour, we'll go into our own lockup and uh, hash out what the, the, the numbers mean, take, uh, take other factors into consideration, and uh, try to come up with what our best estimate is of this year's corn yield and soybean potential and and what maybe more importantly not just yield but but that crop potential because acreage obviously remains a big question out there for us brian uh good luck to you and uh travel safe and take care of those scouts while you're out there they're uh they're they're the reason that all of this works man that's right and you know that's that's the number one thing is safety uh, yes. we're, we're out there. Uh, it's, no doubt. it's data, data gathering, uh, trip, um, obviously that, that has huge impacts. Uh, but the, the biggest thing is to, that we all remain safe. That's right. That's right. Jeff, I will see you Sunday night in Sioux Falls, South Dakota, getting ready for it. Yes, sir. Drive careful. Right. Yep. You too. You too. Okay, guys, uh, come back to us, uh, next Monday night, right here at profarmer.com and on agweb.com. Because once we get out uh, in, into the crop tour, we'll be going live with the podcast or real time with the podcast. So people on AgWeb will also have access to it. It's the one thing that we do all year, Brian, that is for public consumption. And uh, we're going to make it as public as we can. Good luck to you, everybody out there. And we will talk to you again next Monday on another edition of the Pro Farmer Midwest Crop Tour Podcast.